Hey, good morning, New Hope Church. My name is Mike. I'm our Friendswood campus pastor, and it's so good to be with you this morning. Unfortunately, I have to give you the unfortunate news that we're having te technical difficulties this morning, and I also can't talk, but we're having technical difficulties. Our internet is down, and so our, our devotional today will not be live. It's being recorded, um, but we're still going to get it to you eventually. Um, so, hey, I want to tell you, I hope you've been enjoying the movie series. Can you believe this week's going to be the third week of our movie series? I'm so excited. I hope that you continue to be blessed. Also, don't forget the weekend of September 9th through the 12th, that Thursday and that Sunday, 9th and 12th, we're having Dudes with Grills, we're having a car show, but listen, Thursday night, we still don't have enough folks signed up for grills. So if you can grill, if you can bring your grill and your fuel, we will provide luscious meats. Oh, it'll be a heavenly smell, but we need you to bring your grills, man. You can sign up at newhopechurch.tv, go to our website, and you'll see right there, Dudes with Grills. Also, for Thursday night, I think we're still in need of some cool cars. So if you want to put your car in the car show, make sure that you sign up online as well. Also, I have the opportunity, the honor, really, of being able to be our life group's pastor as well. And I just tell you, those people pastor me most of the time. Our life group leaders are so incredible. We always say that they lead the small side in New Hope Church, but the reality is they're such a big blessing to our church. So if you would like to become a life group leader, we could definitely use you. In fact, September 9th, we will begin Life Group Connect when people will begin registering for Life Groups, new and old, just being a part of Life Group. But to be able to do that, guys, I mean, as you can see, the date's coming up pretty quickly. We need more Life Group leaders. And so if you're ready to jump on board with New Hope Church, maybe you've led in the past or at another church, or maybe for the first time you're ready to jump in. Heck, we got studies that we created just for brand new leaders. It's a series called Belong, and it's about building friendships and community. We created it by our campus pastors. We all work together, and we created it. And uh, there's cheat notes in there so that you can lead a group. So all that information is for you. Plug and play. There's an online orientation if you need that as well. We have all those resources for you. So if you're ready to start leading a life group, go to our website at newhopechurch.tv. Go under the volunteer page. I believe it's where you say get connected. You click it, you'll see volunteer page right there. And then you'll scroll down to life group leader and then you can join a life group. Uh, become a life group leader. That way when September 9, when we start connecting to life groups, you'll be one of those leaders. All right. We'll get you on the life group finder. We'll get it all started. All right. So today I have a very popular topic. My topic is forgiveness. Crickets. It's like crickets chirping in here, right? Who likes to talk about forgiveness? But we're going to talk about forgiveness today because it's something we can't get away from as followers of Jesus. And so if you have your Bibles, go to Matthew chapter 18, beginning Matthew chapter 18, beginning with verse 21. Hey, before we get started, let me pray for you. Jesus, I thank you that you're always so faithful. I thank you, God, that you have a plan when we don't have a plan. I just, uh, God, I pray for all of our brothers and sisters that aren't feeling well, that aren't doing well, that are going through struggles, God. I pray that you would be with them. I pray for baby Kennedy, Lord, that you just uh, help him through his struggles, Father, as he goes through chemo, Father. And I pray for all the people in our church who are hurting, Lord. I pray for our brothers and sisters in Afghanistan. I pray for our military in Afghanistan, Father, that you would keep them safe. Lord, we love you and we praise you. And I also pray for those... God, uh, in Louisiana, that have all of people that have been in the wake of Ida, Lord, just help them get through this difficult time. Be with us here, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, beginning with verse 21. 
Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Hey, sounds like a pretty good answer to me. Seven times. If I can forgive, think about it. If someone says the same lie to you seven times, seven times seems like a pretty good answer. I mean, uh, if someone hurts you in the same way seven times, Hey, maybe Peter says this because he had the number seven as his sports team. When he played tennis, he wore the number seven. Maybe that's why he said seven. Or maybe because he had seven kids who were really, really bad. And, and so he thought, well, I need to forgive them all the time. So seven sounds like a good number. But I'm guessing because in the ancient world, seven represented a number of perfection. I mean, think about it. There's seven days, uh, six days God creates, seventh he takes um, off, right? Uh, takes a break. Um, so there's seven days, seven is the number of perfection. So maybe Peter was trying to impress Jesus with his wit uh, and said, hey, let's forgive them seven times. How does Jesus respond? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 70 times seven. In fact, some translations say seven times seven. Um, but the reality is this. What is Jesus simply saying? It means a whole lot. You can't really put a number on how many times you forgive someone. Jesus is telling us that. And now the crowd is silent, right? Crickets are definitely chirping because when someone hurts us, the last thing we want to think about is, I got to forgive them over and over. No, we want to hear things like, you reap what you sow. You get what you deserve. I want retribution. I want to see justice, especially if they hurt our hearts really bad. Now, come on. Don't act like I'm the only one in the room who thinks this way because there's a whole genre of videos online dedicated to this kind of behavior, right? They're called instant karma videos. And we know this. I, I saw one of them the other day and this guy, this kid was watching this guy lay uh, concrete and he was doing this beautiful job and created this neat design and he was really excited and it was starting to dry and the kid takes his bike bolts through it while it's still just a little bit wet and ruins the concrete. And the man's super angry and the kid's got his back and he's turning and laughing at the guy. And then the kid runs into the wall. Boom. Now, come on. I know you were thinking, oh, that's pretty nice. He deserved that. Why? Because we don't really think about forgiveness. Forgiveness isn't a natural part of us. It's got to be the Jesus in us. So Peter thought he was being ambitious in his response to Jesus. But the truth is, he was thinking human size, number seven, oh, seven times. But Jesus was thinking God size. And maybe that's often our issue. We look to the culture of this world instead of to God. We look to the world's answers to find our deep-seated hurts, whether it's the reality TV show, whether it's some doctor on TV, when the only true answer to our pain is Jesus. You know, think about this for a moment. The world teaches us people get what they deserve. Jesus gives us a second chance. It says 70 times 7. The world teaches us that our past means we carry out guilt and shame. And we can't ever get away from that. Jesus tells us in Romans 8.1, there's no shame or guilt for those who are in Christ. The world tells us we got to pay the penalty for our sin. And you know what? You're going to stay with that sin. You will be labeled by that sin, that mistake you made. It's unforgivable for the rest of your life. But Jesus says he paid it all. Now, don't get me wrong. That doesn't mean that there's not a cost or penalty for your sin. You break the law. Jesus may forgive you, but our court system won't, right? Romans 5, 8 says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us so that you could be forgiven. Reality is this. God designed each of you with the capacity 
to forgive. But it's our sin nature that wants to pervert it. And instead of forgiving, it wants retribution. It wants bitterness. It wants to seek revenge. It wants to not forgive. That's why the more time you spend with God, the more you discover you are forgiven and that you must forgive. And so Jesus tells this story in verse 23 of Matthew chapter 18. He says, Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servant. As he began to settle, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold brought, brought, was brought to him. 10,000 bags of gold. Now, listen, in, in many translations, it actually says 10,000 talents. Um, so, if you don't know this, one talent is equal to 16 to 20 years of a person's wages, a labor, a day laborer's wages. Six, one talent. This is 10,000. Ten, uh, you got to remember, a talent is simply a measurement of weight. The value depends on how much you're weighing. And so if these are 10,000 talents of gold, I mean, I've seen some studies shown it could be in the billions that he owed them. If it was 10,000 bags of silver, it's in the millions. So the point is, it's not really about the money. It's the impossible amount. This guy was never going to be able to pay this money back. And so what's his response? Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and, and his children, all that he had, be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his feet before him. He said, be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. Be patient with me. Could you imagine this moment? And I will pay back everything. And then he goes on to say, the servant's master took pity or had mercy on him and canceled the debt and let him go. Have you ever needed someone to forgive you for something that you did, something horrible that you did, a huge mistake that you made? And, and, and you were carrying that weight of, of the thing that you had done. And when you finally had the courage to approach them, they said, I forgive you. I bet you it felt like you were whole again, like a burden had been lifted off your shoulders. I'm sure this is what this person had felt like. He had a debt that he couldn't pay. His whole family was going to suffer for his, the consequence of really his own sin, and now he's been forgiven. Truth is this, church family. The amount you forgive will determine the amount that you are freed. The amount that you're able to forgive in this life will determine the amount of freedom that you're going to live in. Because the reality is this, when you forgive, you set a prisoner free and you really discover that you are that prisoner. You see, forgiveness is not just about the person or thing that it happened to. It's really about your own sanity, your own heart. And as follower of Jesus, there's no way that we can be healthy in our souls and harbor unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is like a disease to your soul. Eventually, it'll corrode you spiritually. I can tell you this. <clears throat> A few months ago, if you don't know, in January, my dad passed away. And when my dad passed away, it was so difficult. And I, I was actually the one who officiated his funeral. And it hadn't been 24 hours since I had buried him. I was home. And I got a phone call from a relative. And he just starts screaming at me on the phone. And he starts yelling at me. And he's using profanity. And it's horrible. And I'm like trying to calm this guy down. And, and man, he's just, it was so horrible. Remember, I hadn't even buried my dad 24 hours ago. And he had thought I said something, which it turned out another one of my relatives had said it. And, and eventually he texted me an apology and said, hey, my bad, I thought it was you. 
the weight of that pain of what he had done sat with me for so long. Immediately, I, I forgave him. In fact, his wife texted me an apology as well. I said, hey, it's okay. I forgive him, no problem. But the things that he had said about myself, about my family, and about so many things uh, about my dad, it just really, really crushed me. Even though I forgave him, it took months to let it go. See, forgiveness doesn't mean we forget. Forgiveness doesn't mean things are fair. Forgiveness doesn't mean that everything goes back to okay. Sometimes it still hurts. And, you know, for months, every time I saw his picture on social media or I heard a story about him, all I could think about was the pain that he had caused me. It took several months. And in fact, I can remember when I was finally, not just I, that I had forgiven him, because I did that immediately, because it's what I needed to do. But I remember when it no longer hurt, I could cheer for him when I saw him a win on social media, or when I heard that he was doing well, I could cheer for him. And I knew then, or I saw the picture and it didn't hurt anymore. And I knew then it was finally beyond the pain. So let's see how things react. So, so he said, be patient with me. And the servant is forgiven, right? Verse 28, but when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. hundred silver coins. By the way, that's equivalent to uh, a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Can you imagine this scene? He grabs him and starts to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him. He said, be patient with me and I will pay it back. Isn't this amazing? He does the exact thing that he did to his employer, the master, right? He says the very same word. And it's such a small amount. So what an opportunity to be able to bless someone the way he was blessed, right? We're blessed to be a blessing. So now how does he react? Verse 30, but he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. Now, isn't that wild? Think about that for a moment. Even Jesus says, those in, in, in Luke 7, 47, those who have been forgiven much, love much. In fact, I said the opposite of what he said. He actually said those who have been forgiven little, love little. So I would say the opposing idea is those who have been forgiven much, love much. Yet this man had been forgiven so much, and yet he was unwilling to demonstrate a little bit of forgiveness to the person who owed him really a reasonable amount of money an amount of money that could pay back. Why is this? Because forgiveness is easily accepted, but not easily given. It's easy to accept someone's forgiveness for our mistakes, but it's hard to grant forgiveness to someone who's indebted to you, to those people who hurt you, right? So how does Jesus treat this person? Now let's go back to the story. Then the master called the servant, verse 32, in and he said, you wicked servant, he said, I canceled all the debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all that he owed. And in verse 35, he says, this is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brothers or sisters from your heart. Listen, I know this is tough. But forgiveness is not a feeling. Forgiveness is not fair. Forgiveness is not an option for Christians. Forgiveness is an act of faith. And I know that's hard. 
Forgiveness is trusting that when we let go of the debt that someone has against us, the trespass, the thing that someone has hurt us by, when we forgive them, we are simply saying, we aren't saying that we trust them, but that we trust our Heavenly Father, that He's going to take care of our heart. Listen, at the same time, forgiveness doesn't mean that you hang out with a toxic person or you let someone keep abusing you. In fact, that relative of mine, I'm loving them, but at arm's length. It had been a multiple, actually really a lifetime of mistakes and hurts that this person had done to my family. So I'm loving him from a distance. Forgiveness doesn't mean you have to hang out with the person anymore. It means that you let it go and you give it to God. Reality is, is this church family, you'll never know how strong your heart is until you learn to forgive the person who broke it. Forgiveness is not an option. It's a command. And if you read that last verse, verse 35, this is how our Heavenly Father will treat you unless you forgive your brothers or sisters from your heart. There's no other clear option. God calls us to a life of forgiveness. Why? Because you and I have been forgiven. Think about the many times that we should have paid the penalty of our sin, and yet we learn in this word how much our Heavenly Father loves us. He knows what we'll do, and yet He chooses to forgive us. So my challenge and encouragement to you today is, as you walk in love, learn to walk in forgiveness. May you, we be people that forgive, people who don't harm, harbor bitterness, but instead embrace a life of forgiveness. Hey, thanks, church family, for being with me. Um, it's been a blessing and an honor to help encourage you out of God's word. It's been an encouragement to me as well. Hey, remember, uh, this Thursday we'll have our TNT devotional. Hopefully we'll be live that day. I'm sure we will. Also, don't forget Thursday night services. Dudes with Grills, sign up, man. We need, we need you to cook some yummy, yummy meats. Thank you for all that you do, church family. We love you. God bless you. See you next time.